Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to our Sunday morning online service from St Paul's in Leamington. Uh, I've been thinking this week about what St Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. He said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. Now, when he wrote this, he himself was in prison for his faith in very trying circumstances. But he went on to say he'd learnt how to cope when things went really well and he'd learnt how to be content when things went badly. And whatever they are, he tells us to rejoice in the Lord. So whether you've had a really difficult time through lockdown and you're struggling, or whether you're having the best day of your life and you're rejoicing in the start of the summer holidays, I want to invite you, whoever you are, to rejoice in the Lord. Ross is going to lead us as we worship in song, but let's pray together first. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. And that whatever is going on around us, we can choose to rejoice in you. So send your spirit on us as we gather together from different homes to worship you. May our worship be pleasing to you and help us as we rejoice in you. We ask in your name. Amen.
can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the Good morning, my name's Adam, I'm one of the clergy at St Paul's. Uh, today we're going to be thinking about the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, you can find that story in Acts chapter 8. I'm going to be reading it from this version of the Bible. He's called the important man in the story in this version. I know a few of you have got this Bible at home. This one's actually Ellie's, my daughter. She turns one today, which is a bit terrifying for us. She's growing up very quickly. Uh, I'm going to read this because she's a bit young to be reading it for herself yet. Uh, as I say, Acts chapter to 8 or page 227 in this Bible. Philip was one of Jesus's friends. One day an angel told him, go to a road near Jerusalem. Philip didn't know why he had to go there, but he did what the angel said. Philip saw an important man riding in a chariot. He was reading. Hurry up, said God, go and talk to him. Philip didn't know why he had to talk to the man, but he did what God told him. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. No, the man answered. I'd like some help. Philip climbed into the chariot. The man was reading about a special person God was going to send. That person is Jesus, Philip told him. I'd like to be a friend of Jesus, the man said. So Philip told the man all about Jesus. Now he knew why God had sent him to that place. Now this man was so excited about becoming a friend of Jesus and from all that Philip had said to him that he asked the chariot to stop where it was and asked Philip to baptise him in some water that they were near there and then. We'll think about this man a little bit more in a moment but I think we want to think about Philip first of all. This angel appears to Philip and tells him to go to a place and Philip doesn't know why he has to go there but he goes. A little bit later he senses God telling him to go and talk to this important man. He doesn't know why but he does it anyway. A little while ago I was praying for our old church back in Bristol uh, as I often do and somebody that we were uh, connected with there a long time ago came into my mind so I began to pray for him. As I prayed for him I got a picture in my mind uh, and uh, I don't know how well you know the stories of Thomas the Tank Engine, it's my son Jacob's favourite thing. There's an unusual engine on that called Gator uh, and a picture of Gator came into my mind as I was praying for this person. I thought this was very odd indeed. And so I asked God, what is it that you've given me this picture? And he said, what I want you to do is to text that person, tell them that you were praying for them this morning and that I gave you this picture, they'll know why. It's a very strange thing to send somebody, isn't it? Five years later, having not spoken to them, to text them out in the blue with a very unusual picture and say, I think God might be saying this. Well, I thought about it for a while uh, and I thought it was very strange, but in the end did, did indeed send the text message to this person. And they replied a lot quicker than I uh, was able to send them the message to say uh, thank you and that it was helpful to them. They understood exactly why God had asked me to do that. 
Just like uh, Philip in this story, we don't always know why it is that God is asking us to do things. The key for us is for us to do them anyway. Jonathan often talks about us following the nudges. If we sense God asking us to do something, as long as it's safe for us to do it, we should do it. We should follow God's leading and direction in our lives, just like Philip does, to be obedient to God. The other person in this story, this Ethiopian eunuch, or the important man as he is in here. Uh, let's just think about him for a moment. He was indeed very important. He was very wealthy, had a very important job. And yet he's not afraid to ask Philip for help. Sometimes there are things that all of us need help in understanding. It doesn't matter if we're young or if we're old. However long we've been in our journey with God, whether it's only a few weeks or days or whether it's been many, many years, we're all on a journey of discovery with God. And God brings us alongside each other to help each other on the journey. This Ethiopian eunuch wasn't too pride-filled uh, in order to not ask for help from Philip. He knew that Philip would be able to help him, so he got the help. I wonder if there's something that you're dealing with, thinking about at the moment that you could do with someone's help with. Maybe you could go to someone you know who's wise that they could help you with that question. So those are my two reflections from this passage for this morning. Firstly, that we should follow the nudges of God, that we should be obedient to him and not put too much question into the whys and the wherefores when he asks us to do things. And secondly, to not be too afraid or too filled with pride, perhaps, to ask others for help when we don't understand. It may be that as we come to a greater understanding, we might be filled with this same joy that this Ethiopian eunuch is filled with uh, and, uh, and leads to the change that he sees. So let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much uh, that you love us, that you guide us and that you speak to us. We thank you for this story of Philip and this Ethiopian eunuch this important man. We thank you that you guided Philip really clearly, even if Philip didn't know exactly what you were doing. Lord, we pray that you would give us that same faith and that same obedience, that we would follow your footsteps and follow your guiding. And we pray, Lord, also, when we get stuck with things, when we don't quite understand things, we pray that you would help us to be brave and to ask others for help, that you would point out people to us and help us to know who we can go to. So Lord, be with us this week. Direct our steps, we pray, and help us to know your powerful presence in our lives. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing again now. It's our new all-age song. I hope you enjoyed it last week. This week we've got some actions as well, so let's sing together. God told Jonah, go and say, Nineveh, you can be saved. But Jonah didn't go out of his way. Well, he kind of did. He jumped on another ship. I couldn't see what his father did. And Nineveh, they don't deserve a trip. But suddenly the boat began to rock and sway. Side to side and back again. God, he had another plan. Wake up, Jonah, you won't have a whale of a time. Oh, Jonah, if you decide you're gonna go your own way, 
God is trying to tell you You can have a whale of a time Oh Jonah, there's amazing grace that sets us free A love that washes over me And it's deeper than the sea It's deep enough for Nineveh For everyone, for you and me God told Jonah, go and save Nineveh, you can't be saved But Jonah didn't go out of his way Well, he kinda did He jumped on another ship I couldn't see what his father did And Nineveh, they don't deserve the trip But suddenly the boat began to rock and sway Side to side and back again God, he had another plan Wake up, Jonah, you won't have a whale of a time Oh, Jonah, if you decide you're gonna go your own way God is trying to tell you You can have a whale of a time Oh, Jonah, there's amazing grace that sets us free A love that washes over me and it's deeper than the sea It's deep enough for Nineveh For everyone, for you and me One, two, three days in the whale One, two, three days in the whale Then it spat him out again Off to Nineveh he ran One, two, three days in the grave one, two, three days in the grave No one knew that Jesus would be raised But suddenly the earth began to rock and sway Side to side and back again God, He had another plan Wake up, Jonah, you won't have a whale of a time Oh, Jonah, if you decide you're gonna go your own way God is trying to tell you You can have a whale of a time Oh Jonah There's amazing grace that sets us free A love that washes over me And it's deeper than the sea It's deep enough for Nineveh For everyone, for you and me I hope you enjoyed that new song. We're going to turn to pray in a moment. Uh, we often use the mnemonic stop for our prayers at St Paul's. I've added an L on the end to make it stopple. I know it doesn't sort of work, uh, but never mind to add a listen prayer on the end. And I know that a number of people have really enjoyed learning some new sign language over this uh, last few months. And so I thought I'd teach you the, the five signs for the five words that we use to focus our prayers today. The first word, sorry, uh, is sign language for that is fairly simple. It's a fist in front of our chest and sorry like this. So let's pray. Lord God, we are sorry for the things that we've done this week that we shouldn't have done and for the things that we haven't done this week that we should have done. Maybe just in a moment of quiet you want to lift up to the Lord something particularly you want to say sorry for. And Lord, we thank you that you love us so much, that you forgive us, would you help us to know your powerful love at work in our lives and help us to walk more closely to you this week? Draw near to us afresh, we pray. 
In Jesus' name, amen. The T of stopple and stop is thank you. And uh, the sign language for thank you we use in some of our songs is thank you, thank you. So let's pray. Here we're going to pray for an individual. And I wonder if you could just hold in your mind someone you're particularly thankful for at the moment. It might be a friend or family member. It might be someone at school or someone at work. It might be a neighbour. Just hold that person in your mind. Lord, we thank you that you call us into relationship with one another. We thank you for the people you bring into our lives and the joy that they bring us. We thank you for these individuals we're naming before you and for the ways in which they've touched our lives. Would you help us to show your light to others? And would you help us also, Lord, to be a thankful people, people looking for the things that you've done, the things that you're doing to bring joy and light into this world? Help us to know your powerful presence with us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The O of stopple is others. And this is a little bit more complicated as signs go. Uh, and we're sort of using our finger to, to point at some people, so like this, and then we do this. So others, like that, others. Let's pray. Here we're gonna pray for all those people who are currently working on a vaccination for the coronavirus all those people who are helping them, all those people in hospitals. Lord, we thank you so much for our scientists, for those working on vaccinations, those helping them, for our doctors and nurses. We thank you for them and we pray you would bless and protect them. And Lord, we recognise that so many people have been affected by this pandemic. People are ill still, people are dying still. Lord, would you draw near to each person who is struggling at the moment. Meet with them and help them to know that you are there. Bring your light even in the darkest of situations, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. The P of uh, stopple is please, and please is a similar, or in fact the same sign as the sign we use for thank you. Uh, we use our lips uh, to say the word as we sign as well, and that's how we know what word we're saying. Uh, so please and thank you are the same, we just slightly change the way that we say the word, so please. So let's pray. Here we're going to just bring before the Lord the thing we know we need his help with at the moment. So maybe just in a moment of silence, you might want to just lift to the Lord a situation or something that you know that you need his help with. Lord, we thank you that you love your children and you know us all intimately. Lord, would you meet with us and help us at our deepest point of need and help us to know that you are here. In Jesus' name, Amen. The L of stopple is for listen, uh, and the sign language for listen is this, listen. And uh, we're just going to have a moment or two of quiet to ask the Lord to speak to us this morning. It may be that the Lord reminds you of a verse of scripture or a verse of a song. It may be that he gives you a picture of some sort. However the Lord speaks to you, let's pray that he'll speak to us afresh this morning. So Lord, we do come before you. We thank you that you're in relationship with us and that you long to speak to your children. And we come now and ask you to speak again. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening.
thank you once again that you do speak to your children and we pray that you would continue to do so in this week and that you would help us to listen to you and to follow your direction to be like Stephen and to follow you even if we don't know what it is you're asking us to do or rather why you're asking us to do it help us to know your powerful presence in and through us this week we pray in Jesus name amen Amen. We're going to finish with the words of the Lord's Prayer. We've got actions for this and if I can remember them I'll help to lead in those as well. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Thank you, Adam. Now this is the time of year when many of us are packing up our tents and heading off to New Wine. Of course, the summer festivals are not happening on location this summer. Uh, but New Wine are putting together a special weekend of worship and teaching and different events coming up starting on Thursday evening right through to the following Monday morning. Uh, and I want to invite you to watch this trailer now. Lord, here we are, daily in the same place, alone with family or housemates, but here, always here. You, Lord, are here with us. As your spirit takes his place in our homes, they become worship-filled homes. Prayers and praise rise to you, turning hearts and eyes towards heaven. And a new call stirs, a new focus, from daily breathing to daily believing, the time has come together to become community again, building up faith, fighting inequality, challenging injustice, holding out hope. For wherever we are, we are together. So we'll worship in the kitchen, our kids will get the vision, and the young will call to rewrite the story. Lord, visit us in joy and communion and truth and power as this once in a lifetime, never before and never again, we celebrate as united, we break out. There are lots of different streams going on on the New Wine events online. Uh, there's a youth stream and Kate and Lizzie have told our teenagers about that. There's the main adult program and a whole seminar stream and we've sent the links to you in Jan's email. There's also a daily children's program and we just want to introduce that for the benefit of our families now. Hey everybody, my name's Rick and I oversee all of the kids ministry for New Wine and we are so excited for United Breaks Out. We've got so many things planned for you and your children. We want to engage with you in incredible ways. We're going to be doing this through YouTube each morning during the conference. We've also got stomping grounds every lunchtime and we've also got an incredible app just for you to engage with God. It's an incredible thing. Go to the website and find out more. So we'll send out all the details and the links again this week in case anyone's mislaid them.
Uh, there are loads of different events going on all, all over the summer. For example, the Keswick Bible Teaching Week starts tomorrow, and I commend that to you as well. Uh, but next weekend, we want to encourage everyone to join together with what's going on at New Wine Online. Uh, the main Sunday morning service is at 11 o'clock, slightly later than we normally meet from St Paul's. Uh, but we won't be doing an online service from St Paul's, so we can all join in with that New Wine worship and teaching together. Uh, but now we're going to turn back to the Lord in song. Let's worship together. Through the heartbreak and the tears, I feel you comfort me. Though I can't avoid my fear, I feel your presence near, and I don't know where life is heading, but I will.
must be more than this Oh breath of God come breathe within There must be more than this Spirit of God we wait for you Fill us anew taken from Acts 8 verses 26 to 40. Philip and the Ethiopian. 
Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? His life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water, what can stand in the way of my being baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptised him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hello. My name is Lissy. I am a member here at St. Paul's. I've been here for about 10 years with my family and I'm also a spiritual director. I do a lot of work in the area of contemplative spirituality and spiritual direction in the diocese. We're going to be thinking a bit this morning about uh, Philip and the Ethiopian who he meets on the road today. So I'm looking forward to talking with you a little bit about what I see, the great lessons from these two people about being open to God, how we can be open-hearted as we come to the Lord and how God is so incredibly open-hearted to us. So let's just pray. Father God, thank you for the incredible privilege of walking in communion with your own self. Would you give us the grace and the space to become more aware of our own deep desires, to be open to you, to grow in intimacy and community with you? Would you show each of us one thing that will help us to grow in intimacy as we worship this morning, Lord, whether it be through the songs, through a conversation, through something that's said now, would you just show us one thing, Lord, that will draw us more deeply into your heart? for this day. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So we begin with Philip, our friend Philip, who's just so lovely. And before we even get to this passage, we've already learned a bit about him. You'll remember a couple of weeks ago that we saw the disciples who were struggling to manage the, the needs of their burgeoning community and appointed seven more to come and help to look after some of the practical things, the distribution of food. And what we know about those seven is that they are full of wisdom and full of the Holy Spirit. And as Jonathan pointed out a couple of weeks ago to us, willing to do whatever it is that God asks. So we know this about Philip already. 
he's full of wisdom and full of the Holy Spirit and willing to do whatever God asks. You might just begin to form a picture in your heart of this person. You might be picturing Philip or a man or a woman that you know, but I invite you to call to mind somebody who has these qualities just so that you can kind of get in touch with who Philip is. Wise, full of the Holy Spirit, willing to do anything God asks. And we also know that Philip is willing to teach those who may have in the past been considered less than worthy. We know that Philip has gone to preach the good news in Samaria. And you'll remember from the Gospels that the Samaritans were those cousins of the Jews who were partially Jewish, but also partially non-Jewish, who had their own sort of theology and way of worshiping, which was similar, but a little bit different to the Jews who worshiped in Jerusalem. And the Jews who worshiped in Jerusalem definitely saw them as subpar. So we know that Philip is somebody who sees value and dignity and belovedness in those whom others have deemed unworthy. So it's no surprise then that here in verse 26 of chapter 8, Philip is visited by an angel who has a word for him, who asks him to go to the wilderness road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, Philip, full of the Holy Spirit and on fire to teach and preach the good news, may have found this an unusual request to go to a wilderness road. But being Philip, he goes and indeed meets somebody there who is quite literally on a spiritual journey. And here we too in verse 27, uh, yep, 27, meet this Ethiopian. Now, this man, uh, the text describes him as being Ethiopian, but it's likely that he was more from what the, the, the place on the map that we would today call Sudan, because that whole area in that particular time was known as Ethiopia, which modern day Ethiopia has taken its name from. So you can imagine this man journeying from what is today Sudan all the way up to Jerusalem in pursuit of the divine asking these spiritual questions, asking very deep questions about who God is and who he is and who he is to God and who God is to him. This man is on a deep spiritual journey, quite literally. We also know a few other uh, less deep things about this man. We know, as I've already said, that he's described as Ethiopian, but we can picture him more as maybe Sudanese. I don't know if that's a fair modern equivalent, but from the area that would be called Sudan. Um, we know too that he's in service of a great female ruler called a Candace or Kandaki. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce it, but this woman who has a great dominion has made this particular servant slash slave uh, person in charge of her entire treasury. So he's got a very significant role and responsibility within this kingdom. And as part of the terms of service to this ruler, uh, he's been castrated. So this is why he's described as a eunuch. He's been castrated as part of his terms of service to her, which was a relatively common practice so that men could, um, I don't know, so that they wouldn't have so much interest in pursuing life outside their servitude, so that it wouldn't be considered a violent threat to the women that they serve. 
I picture him a little bit like Joseph when he was sold into slavery to the Pharaoh who spent all those decades proving his worth and his value and then growing into a position of very significant responsibility. So too I picture this man spending his entire service proving himself, his capacity, his intellectual ability, his, his fiscal prowess, so that he then eventually comes to have this role of very significant responsibility. But I imagine too that he was probably castrated very early in his life, so there's a very strong possibility that he has spent decades in his body, which we might describe today as being gender non-binary, spending his whole adult life without testosterone. So you can imagine this person on this now spiritual quest at this moment when he, probably with a bit more responsibility, also has the freedom to take a journey with his own servants, probably, by horse, by chariot, across the desert in pursuit of these deep questions. And I want to suggest that these deep questions that are rising up in him um, really are questions of self-worth, of um, coming up out of his incredible desire that we all share, that deep desire to see the other, to see God and to be seen by God, to know the other, to know God and to be known by the other and known by God, to love and to be loved. And I want to suggest that when we get in touch with the very deepest desires of our heart, below the desires of the ego, the deep desires of our true self, the ground of our being, where the Spirit of God resides, those desires can be a channel into openness to God. So I want to suggest that getting in touch with our deep desires can help us to become more deeply open to God. And that's exactly where this man is. And of course, when Philip finds him, I love this part of the passage. Philip doesn't run up and go, oh, God has given me all the answers for your life. I've come to save you. No, uh, the Spirit of God tells Philip to approach the chariot and Philip comes up and as the chariot being pulled by horses, Philip runs alongside. Philip finds the pace of the chariot and matches it. He runs alongside and he listens. And I just think this is such another incredibly profound uh, posture and picture of Philip's open heart to come alongside and to listen. And even then not to come in with answers and to sweep in as the savior, but to ask questions. And I wonder if anyone has ever come alongside you and listened, if you've had the privilege of knowing um, what a profound experience that can be. Equally, I wonder if you might be invited to come alongside somebody who looks and appears very different than yourself. And again, to do nothing more than to listen and ask questions. Of course, as Philip comes with that beautiful open posture, the Ethiopian invites him up into the chariot. Of course, he wants to open his heart and ask his questions to this man who's come with such beauty and openness to him. And as they look at this passage in Isaiah that he's reading together, he's wondering what it's about. Is it about Isaiah? Is it about somebody else? I, I wonder if he even is wondering if it's about him, if this scripture has really ignited something deep in him. And he's, he's alive, he's electric with questions and interest in this passage. 
And of course, Philip uses it then to start from there and go on to explain the whole good news of Jesus Christ. There's one picture of the Trinity that I love. I don't think it's the only picture, but there's one picture that I find really compelling, um, which is a picture of the Father and the Son in relationship with each other, beholding each other, loving each other, and the Holy Spirit being the flow of energy and intimacy and love and uh, depth that runs between them. And what Christ has done in the incarnation and in his death and resurrection is invited each of us in to that incredible space of belovedness, of intimacy, just the deep desire that each of us has to know and be known, to love and be loved, to see and be seen. Christ has done that for us. Christ has done that for each of us. Christ has done that for the foreigner, for this Ethiopian eunuch. Indeed, Christ brings him in to that incredible space of intimacy and belonging. So I don't know what happened when he went to Jerusalem. I don't know if he had been able to go down into the mikveh for the ritual cleansing, to go into to the temple past the court of Gentiles. I don't know. But I do know that when he got to the pool at the side of the water as they traveled along, he says, what is to stop me from being baptized? You see, I can't help but wonder if perhaps his foreign skin or his gendered status had prevented him from being cleansed in that ritual way in Jerusalem. But if Christ has done this for him, what is to stop him being baptized? And so they both, the chariot stops, they both get out, they both go down into the water, come up out of the water. And here I just want you to picture that moment when Christ came up out of the water and the Spirit of God descended on him and said, this is my beloved, my son with whom I'm well pleased. And to see how the Ethiopian too is invited to have that experience, to step in to that new intimacy, that new life with God the Father in the fullness of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now we know that Philip too comes up out of the water and is taken off somewhere else. The Spirit has somewhere something else for him. We don't know what happens to the Ethiopian. That part of the story is not ours to know. But we have been given this beautiful picture of two men with hearts open to God and from very different places, but both being brought in, being transformed by the welcome they receive in that incredible place of belonging. Thank you, Lissy. I love that thought about the openness to God that Philip had and the Ethiopian had and the way God brought them together for a perfect divine encounter. I wonder what the Lord might do with you if you choose to be open to his leading in your life. We're going to finish with the song that has these words in it. To you our hearts are open, nothing here is hidden, you are our one desire. Uh, and we'll make that our prayer to the Lord, that our, we open our hearts to him. Now, normally we sing this song right at the start of a service of worship. We are here for you, it says. 
Uh, but this is the last song of our service today, is the start of a long time of worship, uh, each day of the week, through the whole week. So let's offer ourselves to be used by the Lord, open to him for what he wants to do and say in us and through us. Let's sing and pray together. Let every heart of gold 
as we close our service, receive this blessing from God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look kindly on you and give you his peace. So may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and shine through you this day and forevermore. Amen.